Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, Rise Together listeners. Dave here. I am super excited about this bonus episode coming out on a Sunday during what for me as an author is one of the most exciting times in the life of an author And that's book release month. That's right. Today, it's October 3rd. The episode is hitting your ears. But October 26th is the day that my next book, Built Through Courage, is available for every single person to read. And as a part of this release month, we are going to do some fun bonuses on this, the Rise Together podcast feed, to help you get excited in the way that I am already excited. And among those bonuses is going to be, as it is today, an opportunity to hear me read part of the book. So today, oh gosh, I'm so, so excited for you to hear this and hopefully share it with a friend. I am going to share with you the letter to the reader, the way I start the book, and the introductory chapter, the introduction that sets the table for what it means to be built through courage. I am so excited for you to listen, and hopefully when you hear it, There will be some part of you that wants to support me in pre-ordering this book as an incentive for pre-order. When you do, I hope you'll run over to mrdavehollis.com forward slash book where I have incentives for you, thank yous, for you having dished out your hard-earned money that hopefully makes it more than worth your time and your hard-earned dinero. I have uh, a community of people, almost 6,500 of us, that are every single week on Mondays in a coaching conversation. There are 13 total coachings that you get for free immediately when you pre-order, along with an, an amazing community of people that are encouraging and lifting each other up, holding each other accountable in a like-minded kind of way in this pursuit for more. There also is a course all about finding your purpose, finding your why, comes with a great workbook. It's a four-part series. And there's a course you get immediately for free about resilience and mindset, two things that you will undoubtedly need as you cultivate the courage to step closer to who you were put on this planet for. All of those things immediately sit as a thank you for you when you pre-order this book. But now, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the first 35 minutes of Built through courage. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us, think like us, or live like us? I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise, together. For Jackson, Sawyer, Ford, and Noah, may you always have the courage to step fully into who you were meant to be. Dear reader, 
Fear has been the strongest and most consistent emotion of my entire life. I grew up the most afraid kid in school, where worry was my love language. I'm willing to admit that long after school ended, fear was still there, running the show. I say this to acknowledge that the decision to write a book about cultivating courage is something that makes me a little self-conscious when I think about the contrast of who I've been, the way I've given power to fear throughout my life. I've been a mix of good and bad, strong and weak, disciplined and inconsistent. I've had seasons of life where I was extraordinarily proud of the way I showed up, and plenty of times in the past five years where the challenges of stepping into who I was meant to be brought out things that weren't my best. My mistakes were often fueled by fear, usually in desperate need of courage to course correct. There's only one way that I can help you understand how to create the courage you'll need for the life you deserve, by talking honestly about the times when being courageous produced good outcomes, as well as when a lack of courage kept me in my own way. We're all on a journey of becoming better versions of ourselves. And the way learning from my mistakes has helped me become a better, stronger version of me is a thread throughout the pages ahead. This book is about having the courage to face the fears of leaving your safe harbor for a purpose-filled life. The idea that pushing away from comfort and cultivating the courage to do something that scares you in the attempt to honor the intention of your creator isn't so much an option, but a requirement for anyone interested in a life of growth, fulfillment, and impact. As I write this book, I am the absolute best version of myself. That's vain and true. I am sitting on the other side of three significant voyages from my version of a safe harbor into the chaotic and choppy seas where growth would forge this best version of me. A harrowing journey into foster care and adoption, the decision to leave the entertainment business and my 17-year career at the Walt Disney Company, and the transition from being married to divorced. In each case, the discomfort of leaving behind what I knew well was an invitation to become something greater, to move away from suffering I'd clung to because of its familiarity, to break down muscle so that it might be built back up stronger. By holding tightly to the correlation between leaning into the choppiness of new waters for the benefits that would come in my evolution, it's afforded me a confidence to be even more courageous in pushing beyond the boundaries of my comfort zone Anytime something new begins to feel like something normal. That said, stepping into my calling still leaves me with doubts. I'm human after all. In fact, I had a conversation with my therapist about my ambition to create resources and tools in books and coaching, but that I worried my not-altogether self might not be totally equipped for this work. He turned the conversation on its head. Is there a chance that because of the work in progress that you are, that you're perfectly qualified to talk to people about taking steps to get whole? 
he asked. Could your journey of discovery, even as it's messy, be something that permits someone else to take a step forward in their messiness? Yes, sir. I believe these words to be true. And even as I'm still on this journey that you're on, we'll do this imperfect, messy work together. It feels important to set the record straight up front. That's what you're getting here. Someone who knows what it is to face the prospect of swimming into choppy waters. Someone who is nowhere near altogether believing in the mandate to heed the call. Choosing to be brave, even though it's scary and exhilarating and daunting. Because it's where true fulfillment lies. So climb aboard. This voyage is a mix of storytelling and frameworks. It's passive reading and active learning prompts. It's the things that worked for me in the hope that you can discover what will work for you. As much as I'll share aspects of my wiring, my faith, my perspective, and my experiences, even as you think, believe, or act in ways that are different from me, my hope is that this work serves as a catalyst to help you find the best ways to cultivate courage in your life. The courage you'll need to become who you were created to be. Let's go. Dave. Introduction. Unmoored. A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. John A. Shedd. I have this quote tattooed on my right forearm. It is my mantra, a constant reminder that the life I want exists outside of my comfort zone. The only way I can evolve into the person I want to be for myself and for my family, someone who is proud of himself when alone in his thoughts, is by pushing beyond what is easy and familiar. It requires challenging myself every day to journey into unknown waters, even when I am afraid. It demands that I decide to do it scared and am willing to learn from the mistakes that will inevitably come with new experiences. I'm not good on boats. I've never loved the open water, and I tend to get seasick. It may seem funny that someone who dislikes boats would have a quote about ships tattooed on their arm or would choose to write a book with a nautical theme. And yet, I've done this in the name of challenging my comfort zone. By nature, I tend to feel most comfortable anchored and close to shore. I prefer the safety of the harbor to the chaos of waves and weather. I know what it is to be stuck, to rationalize being just okay, because it feels safer than putting myself out there and challenging the status quo. We're all victims of a harbor in which we find ourselves anchored. The stories we've been told, the societal constructs in which we live, the fear that governs our willingness to cling to the suffering that we know. It all exists as a framework that constrains how we become. This book, in part, is an attempt to confront the allure of the dock, the appeal of the anchor. 
I argue that although we're designed as a ship built for the high seas, we often trade off the benefits that come from the choppy waves for the safety of calm waters. Yet the waves lead to growth that sits as the foundation for our fulfillment. Many of us struggle with pushing beyond our comfort zones, but we must rise to the challenge of embracing the uncomfortable, of doing what scares us. This is a lesson that I want to teach my four kids. In fact, this is why I got my tattoo, as a constant, indelible reminder of what I want to impart to them. I want them to know that in order to unlock their true gifts, they must own who they are, and they must bravely sail out of the harbor to explore the places that challenge them and create growth. On days when we doubt ourselves and our ability to navigate rough waters, we must return to this truth. We were made for this. Like boats built to weather the storm, we already have everything we need inside of us to handle the discomfort that comes from living into our calling. This past year has been the hardest of my life. This past year has been the best of my life. It's strange to think that those two things can coexist, but I am here to tell you that it's possible. In fact, the growth that feels the hardest and is the most painful is often the most important. At the end of 2019, I declared that 2020 was going to be my best year ever. At our company holiday party, just ahead of my 45th birthday, I made this proclamation from the DJ booth we'd rented in a small event space outside of Austin while acknowledging where I was starting from. A feeling of being a bit unsteady as a first-time author, first-time coach, first-time podcast host, first-time everything. But I knew where I wanted to go. I had a plan for the year. I would become the captain of my ship as I steered toward the waves. This is how my year would unfold. I'd kick things off by running a marathon. Then I'd launch my book with a 30-city tour. Then I'd continue building a company with my wife and partner, with whom I'd host a morning show and a successful podcast as we balanced it all with four kids and a house in the country. One of those things went the way I thought it would. I ran the marathon. As it turned out, 2020 had other plans for everyone. But for me, this is what it looked like. My book tour was canceled. I transitioned away from the company I'd built with my wife, where I'd imagined working for the rest of my career, and I watched my 16-year marriage, which I had never once considered ending, unexpectedly dissolve. All of this was compounded by a global pandemic, followed by a long-overdue racial reckoning, a tumultuous presidential election, and everything else the year brought us collectively. It was the hardest year of my life, wildly outpacing any previous hard year. One filled with grief and sadness, identity crisis, and a broad sense of loss. But it also turned out to be my best, as you will come to see. 
At that holiday party where I'd boldly declared that I was on the brink of my best year, we'd invited an on-site poet, Liz Garten Scanlon, to take a word that each of us was sitting with and turn it into a keepsake. My word was unmoored. I knew that I was preparing to untie from the dock and hit the high seas, and I was feeling the discomfort of my decision. The same uneasiness I felt embarking on an adoption journey into the unknown four years earlier, similar to the disorienting feeling I experienced leaving my role as president of sales at Disney two years earlier. The same discomfort I'd come to feel in my marriage ending just months after she wrote these words. Liz wrote this poem for me. Unmoored, for Dave. Ropes are not as perfect as they seem to be when you first spy a solid square knot. Rope burns are not uncommon, in fact. So you untie, throw caution to the wind, and boy howdy, is there wind. And also tides, and storms, and serpents. But when you tip over the edge of the world, hiking halfway up the hull and the gulls scream with glee, and the sun comes up again and again and again, you do not miss the rope at all. I had made a declaration that I was about to embark on my best year ever, but I wouldn't get to dictate the sea conditions. It turned out that getting to my best would require weathering the worst climate of my life, one that began as a tropical storm, then quickly became a hurricane, followed by another hurricane, and another after that. The entire time I was navigating those impossible seas, I remained stable by reminding myself that becoming the true captain of my ship wasn't something that calm water could produce. As Franklin Roosevelt said, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. So why are you here? Why did you pick up this book? Of all the books on the shelf and all the authors you could choose to spend your time with. Perhaps it was because you have been through a difficult period yourself, and you are looking for a way forward. Perhaps you were looking for a friend and some guidance as you try to get yourself unstuck. My hope is that in spite of the challenges you are facing, you feel the same tug inside that I do. That little voice nudging you to keep asking questions about how you can live a fuller, richer life. My hope is that this book will help you to determine what a richer, fuller life means for you so that you can develop the courage to sail through the rough waters ahead and chase that life you want. And I hope that you will come to understand that you are worthy of and ready for this kind of life. I hope that through this journey we're on together, you will develop a deeper understanding of where you are now, where you want to be, and what it's going to take. As much as I want this book to be a resource for your personal development, there's something about many of the books on the personal development shelf that rub me the wrong way. 
Often, I will be reading or listening to something that feels like a prescription. Just do these things, and you will be happy and whole. That's a hard pill to swallow. I just don't think it works that way. I don't buy into a one-size-fits-all solution because I believe that each of us must follow a path that is specific to who we are, where we want to be, and who we hope to become. And I hope that through our work together, you will find your own unique way of navigating these waters. This will require upfront that you believe you are built for these seas. It will require you to understand that taking a step into the unknown will come at the expense of your comfort, but that your willingness to invite discomfort will be precisely why you'll grow through it and become the person you are meant to be. A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. You were built for this. It's time to leave the harbor. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A power greater than yourself. There is something bigger than us in every storm we face. You may call it God or Buddha or Allah, or you may chalk it up to intuition, the universe, or some sort of Jedi magic. It's that profound feeling in your gut that's trying to get your attention, that seemingly already knows something you need, the direction you should take, even as it might not yet be completely clear to you. It's that tug on your heart, a longing in the recesses of your soul that no matter how hard you fight to quiet it, it just won't go away. When you connect to it, listen to it, make a relationship with it, you appreciate that the outcome ahead is not exclusively in your hands. The question is, can you open yourself up to willingly consider that the whisper you hear repeated in the depths of your being already knows how you'll make it through? It's there, pleading, in the hopes you'll finally believe it enough to listen. An important piece of this journey is trusting in a power greater than yourself to be your guiding force. Letting go of the need for a tidy explanation for everything that happens to you and around you. You wouldn't be reading this book if there wasn't some part of you that was curious about how your version of bigger, better, and more fulfilled might come to be. The courage required to free your rope from the dock is cultivated in the one-two punch of belief in yourself and connection to something far greater than you. As a parent to four kids and a four-time foster parent, there have been countless times 
when I believed in their ability to do something before they fully believed it themselves. If you're a parent, I know the same is true for you, too. Consider a toddler's first step moments when the curiosity born out of watching their model has them teetering upright, hand on that coffee table, ready to make a first step. As you start shouting, you can do it. Come on, walk to me. Take that step. You're affording that toddler borrowed belief. It starts with you as an external force giving that baby some confidence. But you don't need to understand the biology of childhood development to appreciate that something greater than their skills or your influence is also responsible for the child's ability to walk. Your wisdom and experience as a walker lights a fuse that fosters their exploding into something they were intentionally designed for. It's that combination of faith and design that allows them to take that first step, and then another. It reminds me of a story in the Bible when Peter sees Jesus walking on water and says, If it is you, command me to come on the water. With the simple command of come, Peter does something he didn't think he was capable of, pushing aside doubt and conventional thinking as he borrows the courage of his faith, courage from the command. He gives his limiting beliefs, his anxieties, and his insecurities over to a higher power. He believes he's that ship built for the choppy waters, and in that belief, leaves his own harbor. The implication of the command? He was pre-qualified for the task. He does something he previously would never have thought possible for himself. He walks on water. But then the wind picks up. The voices in Peter's head express doubt and drown out the promise of his collar. Peter sinks, underwater, gone. Like all of us, Peter was human. It is as true today as any time it's been declared in the century since, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. None of us have it all together, yet all of us have been called to come at some point in our lives. Be it from the parent who saw in you an ability to walk, an employer who has high expectations of you, a significant other who partners with you to build a life together, even a close friend or family member who knows you can accomplish your dreams. You have been called to come into spaces that are beyond your comfort zone, where you can evolve into who you were created to be, to come away from your long familiar suffering, to come toward growth, Yes, there are creatures and swells and unknown dangers that live in the water beyond the harbor, but it's in those waters where you'll find the things you've been looking for. As we begin this journey, taking that first step may make just about as much sense to you as it did to that baby teetering on newly found legs. In other words, 
it might not make any sense at all. But when we have faith in ourselves, faith in a power greater than our own, faith in the possibilities that exist beyond our comfort zone, all that is required is that we muster the courage to take that first step, and then another. When we commit to taking those initial steps, we set ourselves on a path towards something greater. We begin the journey toward who we have the potential to become. But it's not for the faint of heart. Peter walked on that water until the winds blew. In the work that lies ahead, there's plenty of wind. The Perspective of Experience One of my hopes in this book is that you will see yourself in some of my stories, that sharing my experiences, feelings, and thoughts may give you something of an empathy bridge that normalizes your struggle, honors your evolution, and encourages you to keep going. Especially when we're early on in our journey or find ourselves stuck, there's something powerful about being able to see the way that someone else with experience is afforded the benefit of perspective and how that perspective can offer us belief and hope in ourselves. A wink and a nod to keep us going, like the experienced walker shouting encouragement to the beginner on wobbly new legs. One of the coolest parts of my job at Disney was the opportunity to attend screenings along with other Disney execs and provide feedback on unfinished, unreleased films to the filmmakers. As much as I consider myself to be a creative human, in my role at Disney, I leaned more on an analytics team than on my imagination to help me make decisions and strike deals. The idea of me providing storytelling insight to the creative talent at Disney is almost laughable. And yet. In my first year as sales head, when I was naive enough not to fully understand how these feedback sessions worked, Disney had a distribution agreement with DreamWorks Pictures, the live-action film studio helmed by arguably the greatest filmmaker of all time, Steven Spielberg. Yes, this is going to go as badly as you're imagining. In 2011, Mr. Spielberg made War Horse, a World War I epic that was ultimately nominated for six Academy Awards. The film is a beautiful, emotional, harrowing depiction of the ravages of war. I was excited by the opportunity to see the film and absolutely loved it. When I returned to my office, I got a call from my boss. Don't forget, you need to call Stephen and let him know what you thought. Totally normal, not freaking out, will do. When we got on the phone, I told him how much I enjoyed the film. The score, the cinematography. I gushed over the emotion, the amazing performances. All good. And then 
I offered an unsolicited filmmaking recommendation to the three-time Academy Award winner that Time Magazine has called one of the 100 most influential people of the century. You know, there's that sequence where the shot is beautifully capturing the deserters fleeing through a sweeping windmill before you hear the gunshots and they fall dead. I just wonder if that being in the film doesn't make it harder for us to sell this to families at Christmas when the picture comes out. Without missing a beat, he said, You know, Dave, when I made E.T., I was on the talk show circuit promoting the opening, and I was asked by an interviewer why in the world I had Elliot say the words penis breath in the dinner sequence. Why would I do that to a family movie? And the answer was simple. I left it in because that's what happens at family dinner tables. And while I appreciate your question, I'll be leaving the sequence of the deserting troops being shot as they fled because that's what happens in war. Yep, if anyone needed me, I would be under my desk, permanently, thinking about the schooling that had just been gracefully delivered to me by the goat of movie making. Of course, he had contemplated the implications of including the sequence in the film. Those are the kind of things you consider when you have more than 40 years of experience as the most commercially successful and critically acclaimed filmmaker of all time. That experience is what affords perspective. The perspective to make bold, creative choices, but even more, the perspective to make wise decisions. Entry-level entrepreneur. The beginning of my voyage into the choppy waters of entrepreneurship was hard. After a long career inside big companies running large teams, the transition to a startup environment with just a handful of people was jarring. Uncomfortable because it was different, but triggering because of how often things seemed to go wrong. There were fires everywhere, every day. Having been in organizations that rarely saw fires or that had the subject matter experts to extinguish them before they got big, this was a new phenomenon for me. I jumped into this assignment for the challenge. I was excited and nervous for the opportunity to grow doing something new. What I didn't expect was that the frequency of the problems in the business would have me second-guessing my ability to do the work required. I thought these problems were happening because I was unable to predict them unable to preempt them from happening. Those early days of scaling drained my confidence and compromised my motivation. I found myself indecisively pulling away from getting my nails dirty. I became a victim of imposter syndrome, worried that I'd be found out for not having the skills to do the work. Then one day, in the midst of the fires and the insecurity and the frustration of feeling like a failure trying to run a small business, 
My then-wife, Rachel, was asked to speak at an event that also featured author, speaker, and pastor John Maxwell. As we were backstage with this godfather of leadership, sharing the hand-wringing feeling of trying to figure out how to keep problems from happening, he said something that will always stick with me. Something to the effect of, a leader never has two good days in a row. Two days without problems. That's just a fact of running a small business. So you can decide to either run a small business or have multiple good days in a row. But you can't have both. So you're saying problems are normal? Par for the course? To be expected in the journey of building something new? Indeed. The price of entry for the life you're building is appreciating that it comes with a guarantee that along the way, you will face problems you haven't faced before. You will have to navigate through terrain and learn from failure at a rate you've likely not experienced before. But my hope in drawing this to your attention is that it allows you the same sigh of relief I was able to take when John blessed me with the perspective that this was normal. That perspective offered me permission to accept those mistakes as par for the course. It was the conviction from which he delivered that perspective that afforded me the grace to go easy on myself on hard days, the courage to get back up when the next fire knocked me down. The value of experience. John Maxwell is a wise man. His wisdom and perspective are born from years of experience that I didn't have and won't acquire for some time. The same can be said for my grandmother. My Grandma Lee is a baller. She's so wise, sassy, and strong. At nearly a century of life, she's seen it all. So when she called me in the midst of this latest journey of becoming to ask me how it was going, I gave it to her straight, as I always do. I told her it's been hard but good. I'm hopeful and terrified, stronger and still sad. And that's the thing with moving into the unknown. It requires an ability to hold both at the same time, to know that it makes you normal, to be both excited and scared, encouraged and insecure. The duality is part of what produces growth. That it exists is a sign that you're doing something right in creating distance from your comfort zone. In the way that only a 99-year-old can, my grandma told me something that I need to tell you. She said, well... David, I can tell you this. I've been through a lot of hard times. I've experienced so much loss and so much pain, and the thing I know, having been through it, is that I always got to the other side. Every single time. And you will too. You won't enjoy it while it's happening, but the hard parts will always give way to the good. This woman was the daughter of immigrants, a veteran of war, 
A single mother to five who made it through divorce, buried another husband, lost a son to cancer and a grandson by suicide, got a front row seat to the perils of mental illness, and has now said goodbye to nearly all of her friends. As I said, she's been through it all. And in every case, she sits on the other side of the hardest seasons of her life. Sometimes it takes the perspective of a 99-year-old rock star to remind you of the fact that you'll see the other side, too. Forging into the unknown is not for the faint of heart. You'll face struggle and fear. You'll question your worthiness. But like every headwind that's inevitably going to come your way, this too shall pass. As we begin our journey together, please know that struggle will exist in any new adventure. It will be hard because it's supposed to be. There will be problems along the way. That is the price of entry. But the good news is that you will get through the struggle and the problems and the hard days. Courage is something that you can often cultivate yourself but at times when the going gets really tough, it's something that you are going to have to borrow from someone who has the gift of perspective that you don't yet possess. Don't take it from me. Take it from my extraordinary Grandma Lee, the most prolific filmmaker of all time, Steven Spielberg, and your friend, John Maxwell. Logbook. Journaling activity. Seek out someone who can give you the gift of perspective in an area of the life you're trying to build. Looking to start a small business? Find someone in your life who has. Or read a book, listen to a podcast, or watch a YouTube video that helps normalize what you're worried about. Considering adoption to complete your family? Set a coffee date with someone in your life who has been through the process or find a book, podcast, or a YouTube video as a resource that helps frame some of what to expect in the journey. Your courage will come from the proximity you create with people further along a route you're readying yourself to take. Well, there we go. That is the beginning of Built Through Courage. I hope that you are excited to hear more. I am certainly excited for you to hear more. I have a favor to ask. I love doing this work. I love it. And as I said before we started this episode, I am unbelievably proud of what this work ends up meaning and how I believe it to be a gift, a resource, a tool that you can use in your life as you continue this journey of becoming into who you were put on this planet to be. But there is something in pre-orders that the non-author maybe doesn't have a perfect appreciation of, but I am going to shamelessly attempt to ask you for your help. Getting a pre-order is something that sends a signal to retailers that this book is a book that we ought to take the right kind of inventory for. This is the kind of book that we ought to actually put our marketing team on and help promote. We might even want to merchandise it in a spot that lives outside of the shelf where the books are placed. And 
So for that reason, and for a whole host of others, some of them vanity-related and how you get on a list or don't, I am asking a favor. I'm asking if you might consider, as you've gotten any kind of value and out of any of the episodes of Rise Together or anything I've created in time, that you would consider supporting me in this, this thing I have so much pride for in this window, this pre-order window that means so much to me and the way that this book will either get into the hands of other people or won't. I would love to have as big a pre-order as possible so that retail gets wildly behind it and so that as it has success, it sends a signal to people who've never heard of me or this work that there may in fact be a resource in it for them so that if they're stuck, they can get unstuck or if they're finding it hard to connect to fulfillment or purpose that maybe, just maybe, there is something in this work that will help them get there. I appreciate you all so much. This community that I get to work inside of every day is something that I do not take for granted. So thank you. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for being such an unbelievable and important part of my life. And until next episode, I hope that you feel something in a little bit of inspiration to have the courage to step into who you were put on this planet to be. I'll see you next week on the next episode of Rise Together. <laughs>